First up today, like many places in Canada, where I am in BC, finding a family doctor is next to impossible. Almost a million people in this province don't have one, about five, six million across the country right now, apparently. The shortage is the shortage is chronic and acute all at once. So a lot of people are taking notice of a new payment model for family physicians announced by the province of BC this week, which will see them go from amongst the lowest paid in the country to really near the top of the wage scale. But it's not just about money, though. It also revamps the existing system built around a fee-for-service model to instead consider factors such as the amount of time a doctor spends with a patient, the number of patients a doctor sees daily, administrative costs, which are a big deal for family doctors, and the number of patients a doctor has in their practice will all be taken into account. So it's really far more comprehensive. Of course, the big challenge here is to retain existing family doctors. That is an issue in BC and elsewhere, but also to attract new graduates into the field. A lot of people don't like to go into family medicine, but they're expecting interest to um, spike a bit in January. They don't know how much. There are no specific targets about how many more people in BC will have a family doctor and by when. Still, some as such as Alberta NDP leader Rachel Notley um, are urging their province, the Premier Daniel Smith there, to bring in a similar pay bump to prevent Alberta, uh, currently the highest paid in the country, from being lured next door. It's not just about the money. There's other stuff going on, too. So just how much of an impact will this new plan have? Can it be a template for other provinces? Or will it simply attract much-needed family physicians away from places where they are now. The College of Family Physicians of Canada is the professional organization that represents more than 42,000 members across the country. And joining me now is Dr. Lawrence Lowe, who's executive director and CEO of the college. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me, Ben. So this has been, a, I mean, I'm in BC. This has been a much talked about issue, the shortage of family doctors here. What did you make of this new payment model that is being proposed? Well, I think it's a really positive, uh, you know, step in, in the right direction. Uh, we know that uh, family medicine is the cornerstone uh, of the healthcare system in, in every province and territory in Canada. Uh, when people are experiencing challenges, uh, you know, with their health, uh, one of the first places they will turn is to a family doctor. For so long, uh, family medicine has really been challenged. They run as a small business. There's huge administrative and overhead uh, burdens. Um, you know, remuneration hasn't kept pace. Uh, so I think there's a lot to like in the new announcement that's been out there that will hopefully uh, shore up the work of comprehensive family doctors and improve access to care and also quality of care uh, for patients. What's interesting here, I think there's always a lot of attention paid to dollar figures when it comes to these sorts of models. Clearly in BC, uh, money was an issue, but it feels like it's more than that too. There's a certain flexibility, certain awareness or recognition that running a family practice is about a lot more than just seeing patients. Absolutely. And I think to the extent that we can try to get to a place where family doctors are uh, are able to focus as much as possible on caring for patients, I think that would be the ideal, especially if they're surrounded by a multidisciplinary team. But I think the announcement seems to be a move in that direction and recognizes the need for uh, support uh, to hire administrative supports for all the work, the forms, etc. Uh, that family doctors uh, deal with. Um, I think there's also uh, you know, a recognition as well that family medicine is much more complex nowadays. It's not necessarily uh, as, as simple as uh, you know, a one problem, one visit uh, kind of model of payment that has been used for many, for many years, uh, for many decades in British Columbia as well as elsewhere in Canada. Uh, so you know, just uh, being able to provide remuneration for the time it takes to really navigate the complex needs that patients have. I think that's also a really positive thing that we saw in the announcement uh, recently. 
It does beg the question, considering what a crisis uh, it is out here, why it took so long to come up with this this kind of a solution. Any ideas why why it's taken this long to sort of try to tackle what was obviously a, a long, la- a, you know, sort of an enduring issue uh, for family physicians specifically, well, in this case, in British Columbia? Well, I liken it this way to, you know, family doctors are often out in the community. They're trying to forestall illnesses from becoming more severe to try to, you know, work with patients so that they can keep people healthier for longer. I mean, I think the challenge with that is is that work uh, doesn't go as well noticed as, you know, some of the really amazing things that our specialist colleagues do, you know, in terms of restoring sight or, you know, bringing people back from cardiac arrest, etc. But the reality is that these are the everyday miracles that family doctors are performing that day in and day out in British Columbia and across the country where, you know, people have questions about their health, people are noticing that things aren't quite right, and they just need to actually get to someone who's got a breadth of knowledge uh, and also is hopefully now going to be surrounded by a team that will allow them to address uh, some of their health concerns, uh, some of their chronic diseases, whatever they might be facing, to be able to address it at a time where it's not necessarily severe enough to go to hospital and so that it can actually be managed in the community rather than within the acute care system. Uh, How quickly... Could something like this, a new model, for instance, start to reverse some of the trends that we've seen over many, many years in BC and and elsewhere, of course? I mean, family medicine is tough. Uh, There's more money to be made elsewhere. Uh, There's certainly options for for family physicians. As you well know, you were a family physician yourself. Um, How quickly do you think this may solve the the problem is probably a a heavy word, but how, how long do you think it'll take for this to make a difference? Well, I mean, it, 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 you know, obviously the devil is in the details, and uh, and I think the announcement uh, doesn't necessarily specify any specific timelines. But broadly speaking, uh, what there are two things that you want to avoid here. First of all, we know that there's a significant backlog in the acute care system now, and that's just as a result of uh, the pandemic having wreaked havoc on our healthcare system for uh, the better part of the last two and a half years. You don't want to add to that backlog because you you, you want to make sure that primary care family doctors together with uh, you know their multiple disciplinary teams are able to address uh, healthcare matters uh, in the community before they get worse and add to that backlog. Um, so so first of all, you know I think getting uh, family medicine uh, you know supported and resourced is, is it should be a priority uh, if nothing else than to help the acute care backlog. But similar to that. Um, in order to do that quickly, you're going to need to retain family docs. We know, we all know that you need to uh, train more family doctors and, you know, bring and, and excite more, uh, you know, young physicians about joining family medicine. But in the meantime, you need to act quickly uh, to retain family doctors, especially in rural and underserved communities where there's such a valuable resource. Um, so I think the sooner that this gets implemented, the sooner those supports start to flow, uh, the more likely uh, both family doctors will start to feel relief. And then also patients will be able to see their access maintained and hopefully optimized. I'm speaking with Dr. Lawrence Lowe. He's executive director and CEO of the College of Family Physicians of Canada. We're talking about an announcement this week in British Columbia uh, that uh, revamps essentially the way that family physicians are compensated and approached in many ways in this province. There is an acute lack of family physicians in British Columbia right now. The province knew this was a big deal. It infects the entire healthcare system here, as Dr. Lowe has been pointing out. It is often the first stop. It's where diseases are caught and prevented, as opposed to the sort of chronic illnesses that often find people 
heading into the emergency care system. When we come back, a bit about what this might mean for provinces outside of British Columbia, because already there's been talk. Uh, Alberta's NDP opposition leader, Rachel Notley, yesterday was already saying this should be a wake-up call for that province, even though their family doctors are well-paid uh, by Canadian standards. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about that. Dr. Lawrence Lowe is with us this half hour. He's executive director and CEO of the College of Family Physicians of Canada. We're talking about British Columbia's uh, new payment plan, uh, new plan generally for family physicians, which would see their compensation increase uh, significantly, but also some of the conditions in which they work, how they're paid, um, and also their working conditions appreciated more, more flexible, uh, and uh, I think in many ways, a better um, nod to what the reality of running a family practice is in 2022 compared to years past. Dr. Lowe, I'm sure you've noticed that other, uh, you know, po- opposition politicians particularly, but elsewhere, people are taking notice of what BC has done. Will this create, I mean, there's limited numbers of family physicians out there. Will th- this create some sort of competition or at least brain drain from other provinces now that one province has sort of pushed this new idea to the forefront? Well, you know, I, I think uh, it's it's still early days, right? And obviously, we'll all be very interested to see uh, what uh, transpires and emerges out of the recent announcement in British Columbia. But, you know, I think there is still opportunity for us to, you know, all, all together across the country, look at how and what lessons can be learned. Uh, you know, I think for us at the College of Family Physicians of Canada, uh, we have been for long advocating for family physicians to be uh, to receive uh, support for administrative tasks, to have those administrative tasks even uh, taken uh, from them altogether. Been uh, advocating for uh, support from multidisciplinary teams, recognizing that uh, you know family doctors uh, are 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 able to uh, work more effectively and care for uh, patients more effectively if they've got you know physician assistants, uh, uh, nurse practitioners, uh, other allied health uh, working alongside them. So really making sure that some of the ideas and concepts that come out of uh, what's happening in British Columbia is probably what we're more excited about than uh, that, you know, that, that this could actually potentially uh, spark more interest in, in these sort of more effective models of care across the country. Yeah, I imagine other other provinces will be looking to see how people react. But given the number, given the shortages of family physicians just about everywhere, and, and I mean, you do represent uh, tens of thousands of them. Is it is it um, is it fair to say that some would be attracted simply by the better conditions that that British Columbia may offer? Is, is that how family medicine works? Do you simply pack your bags and go somewhere else, or is it more? Are you more rooted than that? I guess it's it's a basic question, but but I'm I'm curious. For sure. I mean, the, the issue of physician and, and healthcare professional migration is, is is a very complex one, right? Because I think similar to other professions, uh, many people may be uh, attracted to various localities uh, based on, uh, you know, personal uh, contacts uh, and, and relationships, uh, preferences, even up and beyond uh, just the remuneration uh, alone. But I think certainly what we are advocating for across the country, uh, you know, not just in British Columbia, uh, is that this practice environment, the, these sort of supports in terms of uh, better remuneration uh, and addressing complex care, addressing administrative burden, addressing multidisciplinary teams, uh, that needs to be something that happens elsewhere. So it, there's no doubt that certainly some physicians uh, may be attracted on that based on uh, on, on the practice environment, but at the same time, you know, they, they will likely be balancing all sorts of different factors as anyone would as in, in choosing a place to live and work. Yeah, I guess a rising tide lifts all boats is the hope on your on your side, right? I mean, um, has it been has it been? I mean, I know you haven't been in this position for a very long time, but but for the college itself, has it been um, a long slog trying to get this 
recognize that this is potentially the, I mean, we don't want to overstate what BC is doing, but that this was the kind of approach that was needed to make sure that family doctors stayed in place and stayed where they were and that those retiring were, that there was backups for those who were retiring and so forth? Well, you're absolutely right, Ben. We, we don't definitely don't want to overstate this. I think it, this is a step in the right direction, but there are many more things that need to be done uh, to shore up our uh, our family medicine uh, system uh, from coast to coast to coast across the country, uh, not least of which is, is uh, really trying to address, you know, entry into family medicine residency programs and getting more people excited in family medicine. And then, of course, uh, really trying to retain uh, family doctors in some of our more rural and remote areas, uh, as well as across the country within comprehensive care. Uh, with multidisciplinary teams. I think that's all going to be work that needs to be addressed uh, to some degree by policy and by, by governments across the country. But, but you know, like, like, like you say, it, it has been a challenge uh, for a long time for family medicine to really uh, demonstrate its value. And that's why family medicine now in the wake of the pandemic is really a lot of family docs are burnt out. A lot of family docs are just packing in, retiring, and they're narrowing their scope of practice. And that's because for too long, for so many decades, uh, you know, uh, family doctors have uh, sort of held the line. Uh, remuneration hasn't kept pace. The administrative tasks, the complexity of patients have, have just grown. And that's why the college has always been out there trying to say, you know, look, we we know that the access for people to get to specialists, to get, you know, their, their, their health care questions answered in the community without having to go to the hospital uh, starts with primary care and starts with family doctors. And I think it's, it's positive to see this announcement at BC. It means that that message is, is starting to be heard. Yeah, I mean, it always strikes me every time you see, uh, uh, you know, mostly a local news article about a family physician retiring or quitting or going elsewhere, just how many people, how many people are left out when that happens with nowhere to go? I mean, it's 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 hard to over it's hard to overstate just how devastating it can be for a community when family doctors start to leave. And it just always surprised me how long it took everyone to figure that out. I think the reality is uh an ounce prevention is better than a pound of cure. And we all know, uh, and we all know the old adage, the reality is that the more you invest in family medicine and primary care, the more you invest in public health as well, in terms of creating healthier community contexts, the less disease you're going to have, the healthier people are going to be for the long term. And that's going to reduce and relieve the strain that we're seeing on our acute care system. Well, Dr. Lowe, thank you so much for your time. We'll leave it at that. Thanks so much for taking me today.